How do you manage the data produced as part of a long-term infrastructure project? Data becomes a particular challenge on major programs and projects, says Richard Robinson, CEO of Atkins. I think using traditional program reporting tools and cost management tools that the industry has relied on since the, since the start, they just become ways of overloading everybody with data. Hello and welcome to Engineering Matters. I'm Alex Konecker. And I'm Vela Mitrovic. In this episode, we've partnered with Atkins to explain how data science can be used within design engineering and project management to sort through data and propose solutions. There is no shortage of data in the engineering sector. Indeed, as Richard says, major projects generate great masses of information. You know, I think the the issue when you get we get to get to major projects, and what would you call a major project? Maybe something anything over a couple of couple of hundred, three hundred million pounds in, in scale. Richard says it becomes a series or a program of major projects. It becomes just incredibly complex. You know, the complexity of that I think goes probably once you get past that sort of scale of two, three hundred million, I think the complexity goes up exponentially. The challenge for the sector isn't collecting more data. Rather, it is structuring the data an organization collects to make it useful. Traditionally, that's been done by hand every time the data is collected. While the great spoil pile of data is laborious to dig through, it can contain treasure, or at least nuggets of information, that show where a project is going off track. In a sector where delay and cost overruns have, perhaps unfairly, come to be expected, being able to efficiently sift through the data pile and identify those useful nuggets will allow project managers to catch sources of delay early. And one of the particular challenges we felt, I guess, attuned to as a business that designs some of the most complex projects in the world was the fact that this disconnect, I guess, between delivering on time and delivering on cost often starts to really appear and accelerate when projects begin to move from this detailed design stage and this sort of conception phase into the nitty gritty and when they start to move on to site. And that we see a huge amount of projects globally participate in railway stations, nuclear power plants, highways. And it just seems to be this point where we see a lot of projects starting to not go off the rails, but destabilize as projects reach this huge stage of complexity. That was... Maud Squires, I'm the project director for our advanced analytics initiative called The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse project aims to bring insights from data science to Atkins. Over the last year, the Lighthouse team has been working on new tools that Atkins will use to sort through the massive data projects generate to identify delays and forecast how they might snowball through the duration of a project. And to use artificial intelligence to propose solutions. As construction and engineering projects become more ambitious, there has also been increased focus on their impact on the environment and external stakeholders. This generates more data, requiring more time and resources to be spent structuring and sifting through it. But at the same time, the tools to do that have become more powerful. We also felt that there was a tidal wave of how technologies like advanced analytics, machine learning and artificial intelligence 
we're beginning to be sort of taken advantage of in other industries in use cases arranging from risk prediction to simulation and we felt that these two sort of opportunities one a very very big problem and one a very very big sort of exciting area of interest for us around AI and how it could be applied to the sector sort of came together nicely in this opportunity to do something different. Machine learning and artificial intelligence are increasingly common tools across the economy. Atkins had a broad vision for how they could be used to understand the progress of projects and identify potential for delay. But how could they be used in practice? It fell to Tom Goldsmith, product manager for the Lighthouse project, to identify specific applications for their use. What we have identified is that our design teams and a lot of our big major engineering projects, we generate a lot of data, a lot of disparate different sources of data that aren't always very neatly connected well together. And there isn't always clear mapping back um, to the interface points with um, third parties, particularly our contractors. So it's, it's often difficult to understand where we are with design, how we're progressing against the plan, where there might be any particular risks and ultimately the downstream impact on other, other organizations that we're interfacing with. So what Lighthouses looks to try and do is to try and harness that data and help our design teams really operate far more seamlessly at that design construction interface. To be able to more efficiently track the progress of projects and use machine learning to offer suggested solutions to delays, Atkins would need first to understand the data its staff were producing. The way we've gone about doing that is trying to connect together three different data sets. So we're trying to connect together the, the program data, the schedule of the project, the deliverable or design deliverable data that we're producing through the course of design, and then our, our cost management systems that we use for booking time and capturing, capturing cost internal to Atkins. And if we can triangulate between those three systems, then we have a really clear picture of, as I've said, what's going on now, and then what that might mean downstream for, for ourselves, um, different disciplines that are interacting with each other, and the construction partner or other stakeholders who are, who are interfacing with the design teams. We can start to do things like forecast or estimate the productivity of certain design teams and then take those forecasts, well, take those estimates and forecast them forward in order to understand when individual design teams are likely to complete packages of work. If we can do that on a per discipline level, then we can start to daisy chain those together and start to cascade delays through the network in order to understand the likely downstream delays and potential bottlenecks that arise from a particular delay. This could then be presented to design and engineering staff in a browser-based interface. Tools like this, which present the results of big data analysis, are increasingly common in everyday life. We largely trust them, or not, based on experience and intuition. We don't look under the hood of Amazon to understand why it thinks we might like to buy a walk. Or ask Spotify to explain why it chose the next song in our playlist. Engineers and I count myself in this bracket as well, we want to understand what's going on under the hood. That's really important to us. It's not sufficient for us to just present a black box back that says your project's a mess. We need to be able to give them the tooling that allows them to click through to the level of detail that any user and users might be different 
can kind of satisfy themselves that what's going on under the hood works. This wasn't just a question of user interface design. The Lighthouse project had to incorporate not just data generated from projects, but the rules that Atkins follows. That could be regulations or contractual requirements. Or practical considerations, like a supply chain problem for a subcontractor or a labour shortage in a particular trade. Miriana Imprealu, the project's lead data scientist, was responsible for this. Business logic is stored in the heads of staff, of experienced staff, and it's not necessarily the most easy thing to to extract this and make it translatable to a machine. However, that's why this particular project designed for engineers, by engineers, has actually gone so far because we have found the way of introducing people in the project that actually represent this business logic and are responsible for liaising with multiple other people that are not directly working, that are not directly parts of the project, but are contributing to the project and explain and provide little by little revealing exactly what is this complex system of rules that we have in our heads. As well as translating the rules and real-world considerations of business to logic a machine could understand, the Lighthouse needed to change the way the data the company generates is structured. They needed to move away from the traditional approaches Richard Robinson described. From collecting data in a spreadsheet and collating it each month into a giant report, to structuring and reporting in a way that can be used across the business using machine learning. So we have a lot of different specialists. We have our project controls teams, we have our um, designers, we have project managers, a lot of different people who collaborate and interface together on design projects. What we found is that um, in some cases, perhaps not all, but in some cases, there's a, there's a degree of siloing between those different teams. And teams were often creating highly kind of refined processes within their own silos. As engineers, we love to kind of own processes, reinvent the wheel to a large extent, do our own thing in that space. We're perhaps missing the value that we could get from um, being a little bit more rigorous, shall we say, around how we structure our data in a way that means it can interface far better with, with other members of the design team. So what we look to do is quite early on in the design project, just put a lens on that and say, Let's be really, really tactical and focused around how we're starting to structure our work breakdown structure, our cost breakdown structure, our task information delivery plans or TDIPs that the teams are producing to manage their deliverables to ensure that wherever possible we have got that one-to-one -one mapping between those three areas. That required quite a lot of rigor and quite a lot of discipline from the teams. A bit of a shift in ways of working required quite a lot of emphasis on starting the job right. A project like this needs enthusiastic commitment from staff. And it asks them to work in new ways. You cannot just wake up one day and say, tomorrow all the company has to be data-driven because it doesn't work that way. I think we have to see how beneficial data-driven thinking is in one project or in one practice or in one, uh, in one area and then gradually that expands and uh, becomes the norm.
we know that these analytics, this solution can provide, can make engineers and planners life easier and it can allow them actually spend their time more creatively in their job that they are actually very good at and leaves these tasks that sometimes are very, very difficult to be uh, to be done by one individual multiple times to be done by the computer and then you just get the results and you have more time to actually focus on the real task which is the decision making and the stakeholder engagement. By taking away some of the day-to-day or month-to-month drudge work of preparing reports, staff can quickly see the value of structuring data consistently. But making the best use of that structured data would require new skills and new ways of working. Gyan Mahatme is the operations lead on Lighthouse, responsible for its finances and business case, as well as resources. He's working with teams of staff across three continents, in Europe, in North America and Asia. So what's really interesting about Lighthouse is it's completely multifaceted. So you've, you've got this aspect where we need to bring in detailed SMEs, subject matter experts from the engineering fields, engineering backgrounds that can contribute you know, what's going on, on the ground. How we then morph them into data scientists, data engineers, software developers, cloud architects, those kind of skill sets. How we morph that that technical knowledge into the the skill sets that needed to develop a product. We've tried to go for a bit of a blended model. So we've got some what I'd call hardcore data scientists, data engineers that have done it through and through, who are probably leading some more junior members of the team that come from the more traditional engineering backgrounds, the people that um you know, have that digital aspiration to get involved in it, but come from a traditional um, infrastructure engineering design background that we're kind of coaching on that journey. And that's where we get the benefit of, they understand what's it like, what's it like in the cold face, what actually needs to get done to deliver X, Y, and Z to a client in the project. But they're also understanding that the vision of data science, data engineering from those experts and in the more research or theoretical space. By working alongside each other, the project's data scientists and staff from traditional engineering and project management backgrounds have learned from each other. And by using agile project management approaches typical to software development, where problems are identified and worked on by the entire team in a sprint, the project has been able to show rapid results to users. We have been very, very hot on, if they've asked for something, we've, we've tried to give it to them back again. So, you know, I, you've got this network diagram and I understand exactly why you, you're using it. But I really want to see my traditional Gantt chart view. Can you do something that's a hybrid that I can see? We've tried to roll that in and out of our product roadmap very, very quickly. And we've, we've turned it around in months so that they, they can see very quickly. Yep, we're listening. We understand the point. We try to give you what you want to see. We've seen how Lighthouse has helped more accurately identify potential delays and track their impact across a project. It's required Atkins to change how it records and structures data and has brought new staff and skills into the business and new ways of working. But how can it go further? How can it help propose solutions? It's important to remember that artificial intelligence is qualitatively different from human intelligence. As human chess players, we will learn over time how to respond to each of our opponent's moves, using experience and intuition to see how the game will play out over the next few moves. A computer will, instead, run rapidly through every possible move and every possible counter move, 
all the way through to the end of the game. The analogy with chess is quite good. The analogy of what is your next movement is quite good, yes. And it's it's more it's more like a, a specific game of Tetris or something like that, of how you can fit a specific space in another space in the most optimal way. We call it in data science the bin packing problem as well. And it, it is again, yes, reminds of a game that can be played in thousands different ways, but there is one that is the, by far the best and the optimal. That's the theory, at least. But how would it perform in practice? The team tested this recently by having engineers using Lighthouse mirror the work of their colleagues on a highway project who used traditional project management approaches. When we first launched this analytics solution, we chose to shadow a, a couple projects to make sure we could test if the analytics were real. And one of the important points here was we, um, we have an obligation to our clients to deliver um, well. And when you're testing an experimental analytics solution, the construction industry is somewhere where you need tried and tested innovation. We were retrofitting ways of making the project machine readable. We were testing the insights that our sort of AI models were creating um, alongside the insights our, our design managers were coming up with to very much provide that real-time feedback in terms of what's correct or not. One of the biggest findings from us was analytics are not a replacement for brilliant design management. What we kind of see them as is a way to give our design managers and engineering managers body armor, or you know, one of my colleagues referred to it as kind of the Iron Man suit, and a way to help give us better insights, better decision support to supercharge their ability to make decisions. And it gives you all the potential workable options, plus the time and cost impact and other impacts of these changes and allows you to bring forward the ones that are more implementable and favorable for the point that you are in. And that gives you an ability to act quickly without necessarily having to go back to the drawing board with a bit of pen and think of the best way to deal with a problem. That application of modern technology is, is, is just really there for the taking and the construction industry is really ripe and, and crying out for that sort of thing. What can data science help us do if we, we get more organized and more structured about how we how we transmit and receive the data? There's an awful lot of time and effort that can be reassigned to something more value add in that process. And then by assigning that, that high level resource to something more value add, I think you, you start to help the leaders and the decision makers of the business have the proper insight they need and, and therefore the ability to make some decisions. Engineering Matters is a production of Reby Media. This episode was written by Will North and hosted by me, Alex Conacher. My co-host was Velo Mitrovic, sound engineering by Ross McPherson, series supervision by John Young, and our own consistent logic source is Rory Harris. Special thanks to our episode partner, Atkins. And thank you for listening. You can find Engineering Matters on all podcast apps, on Twitter and on LinkedIn. And don't forget to check out our website and sign up to our newsletter for the latest engineering announcements and developments from around the world.